Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And, uh, well, we have a good show for you. Uh, maybe not so good for the Ducks and their play on this road trip, but we're going to talk about what happened with the Ducks in this uh, four-game road trip. They lost three out of four games, unfortunately. Uh, on the last podcast, we talked about Nashville. You can go back and uh, listen to that one if you want. But we're also going to talk about Luca Spisa. Hi, bye, Luca. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about Good Branson coming to the Ducks. Talk about all the injury news, unfortunately. And we have more trade rumors to talk about. We uh, discussed some of them on the last show. Some more stuff has popped up between, uh, you know, seven, six days ago or whatnot. So we'll go into that as well. So on the last show, we talked about the road trip. The Ducks went to Nashville. They lost that game. Uh, we're not going to go into it. You can listen to it. But, uh, Right after that, the Ducks tried to get some more depth, Eddie. They signed Lucas Spisa to a contract, uh, 750000 We thought he was going to come to Anaheim. They had to send him on waivers because the Ducks had 23 uh, players on their roster spot. It didn't work out. The Winnipeg Jets actually picked him up, unfortunately. Uh, what did you think? The, the Ducks are trying to get you know some more defensive depth. And... Uh, Right after we recorded, of course, we posted it, and then the news came out, unfortunately. But uh, Lucas Pisa, if you if you have that jersey at home, you're going to have to tuck it away in the closet, Eddie. Well, it, it, I mean, some people were kind of like flipping out 50-50. I was kind of like, man, and what's the, I, they saw I put them, uh, put them on waivers. Like, okay, you know, the goals are struggling. You know, they can bring a, a player in there that can kind of help them out a little bit. But, I mean, once we go through these games, after a while, it's like, okay, his goal stint would have, like, lasted a, a little bit. He probably would have been up to the Ducks. So, I mean, it was, wasn't really that bad of a signing. He's still a decent defenseman, and it wasn't a big, out, outrageous contract. We're giving him $5, 6000000 million, no trade clause or anything like that. It, it was doable, and he's kind of a player, it, it, I guess an upgrade from Holzer. Which nothing bad about Holzer, but I mean, I love the guy. I love he, what he brings to the game and what he brings to the locker room. But as far as skill wise, as being that seventh defenseman or uh, supporting defenseman for the goals, I think Spisa could have filled that role in nicely and been an upgrade. Fortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, Winnipeg is dealing with a lot of defenseman issues, especially that their their top defenseman Dustin Bufflin is still out for personal issues. Uh, I guess it just kind of it's. it's one of those things, it's business. He was put on waivers, and, you know, fortunately, when the Ducks yeah, need him, Yeah, I mean, we'll get here. into it later in the show. There's more stuff to talk about. Of course, some injury news that we'll get to as well. The Ducks' blue line is looking very thin, unfortunately. So, on the road trip, the Ducks, they go to Nashville. They actually play a decent game. They end up losing uh, that game. The scoreboard wasn't indicative of the play on the ice, but the Ducks... Uh, lose that game they then go into Dallas and they played uh, of course Corey Perry who some of you love uh, cornerstone of the Ducks for several years others of you think well he's lazy he you know he hasn't scored a lot he hasn't done a whole lot for the team glad he's gone whatever whatever side you're on I, I totally get it 
I, I feel for you either way. Uh, but regardless, the Ducks go into this game and they lose this one. They play they play actually a decent game, in my opinion. They score on the power play, which we all know how rare that is. That's like winning a lotto ticket, right, for the Ducks. But Max Comtois, one of our favorites that Eddie and I have talked about, scored on the power play in this game. But unfortunately, the Ducks got down 2-0 early in this game. Uh, uh, Girionov scored early in the game, uh, a couple minutes in. He scored late in the second, or excuse me, late in the first period. And the Ducks were down uh, 2-0. The Ducks actually outshot the Stars in this game. They didn't do so well in the face-off circle. But the Ducks, again, they played another decent game, Eddie. I felt like they could have won this one, uh, but they didn't. And part of the issue in this game, too, was Manson and uh, Kasha got injured in this game or weren't able to play um, the whole entire 60 minutes. So the Ducks had to play a majority of the game with five defensemen, uh, unfortunately. And the Ducks came up short. They lost by you know just one goal, but... When you have Manson going down early in the game like that, you know, only logging about six minutes of ice time, uh, it hurt the Ducks. I still felt that they could have won this game or at least got a point, Eddie. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Ducks visiting Dallas and, and playing uh, Perry and Cogliano as well, two former Ducks? It was a good game. It was fun seeing Perry, uh, you know, just kind of poking fun at, at Kasha during the warm-ups. Um, conspiracy theories are saying that Perry is a part of the Illuminati and him poking Kasha was you know, <laughs> foreshadowing him getting injured or something. I'm so kidding. I had to throw that joke in. Just uh, you know, I know this game was rough. And it wasn't because of the score. It's because we lost Madison and Kasha. And Kasha, just unfortunately, he collided with the Dallas player. It wasn't intentional. Both players were just – they had their head down. And, and it's um, – like, probably the number one rule in hockey and probably in life too. Like you're walking and checking your phone. Like, dude, like keep your head up. You're going to run into a pool or maybe step in the traffic, but both players have their head down. And fortunately, uh, Kasha just took the worst of it and he's out. And it's just unfortunate. Another injury for him. It, it seems like a, a, a pattern, a really infamous pattern that it's going through. And then Manson, uh, Manson was just a freak accident. Like, I, I don't know if it was, you know, I have no idea if it was Friday the 13th in a different alter universe and it just kind of like jumped over here to us. But Manson tried to lay, uh, doing what Manson does and throw on a big hit. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And apparently this uh, you can't touch me thing that I posted on Ducks and Pucks a while ago kind of came back and bit us in the ass because it was the case on this one. You can't touch me because Manson missed him and ended up hurting and hitting his knee. Uh, one thing I really took from this game, the Ducks played hard, and they could have tied it up. Raquel, at the very last seconds of the game, he had that puck was coming right to him, and the, the whole net was empty. It just an unfortunate bounce went over a stick, and Dallas ended up securing the win. But on Comtois' goal, yeah, he had Richie in front being a presence, and it just dished it out right to Comtois. Not the best of passes, but... Uh, Comtois actually, you know, got it and put it in the net. But Sam Steele, oh my gosh, Sam Steele transitioned from one part of the ice to the other and drew three Dallas players to his direction and kind of allowed that goal. And, and a lot of people don't really appreciate assists that well and that much. Me, I, I never used to before because like I always been like a goal scorer playing in my rec and club and beer league and shit that I've played. But that pass and that setup was just amazing. And that goal was 
pretty much Sam Steele's, and he's not getting that much re- recognition from it. But I, I think that was something that we have to, you know, stop and take a look at, go back and watch that goal again and see how Sam still pulls those three. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge play. I mean, Max Comtois uh, got his first goal of the season. The Ducks got a power play goal, which you all know how awesome the power play has been. Yeah, right. Ha ha. We, we know how terrible the power play has been. But yeah, I mean, the Ducks got back in it at that point. Early in the second period, only down, you know, two to one. Thought they had a chance. They weren't able to, uh, you know, get, get back in there, at least get a point in this uh, game. But you know what kind of surprised me about this, Eddie, was there wasn't a really lot of uh, aggression or aggravation this game. I know uh, Andrew Cogdano talked about, like, hey, I'm going to try and hit Ryan Getzloff. And you saw Corey Perry out there, and you thought, hey, is he going to get into it with anybody? You kind of saw him and Holzer go at it real briefly. But there wasn't a lot of that in this game. It, it was pretty mellow, uh, you know, on my point of view, Eddie. Oh, yeah, same here, and. It was funny, Cogliano just throwing that out there, and, and I'm sure to you it was just a pure out of just joking around and not taking like too seriously about that. I mean, yeah, it came down to business, and like Corey Perry said, like once that puck dropped, is business. But I think it's one of those cliche things that players say all, all the time. But when it really comes down to it, you're playing against like people, like your family members, and I kind of relate like these hockey players and spending so much time together. And doing what they do on the ice is part of the military. Like, yeah, I always make fun of people that, you know, are Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, you know, Reserves, National Guards. But when it comes down to it, like, they're my brothers and they're my sisters, and that's how it goes. So I, I think it was just a little lightly. Uh, Holzer and, and Perry going at it, that was kind of funny, but I think it was just Holzer just playing his game and Perry doing what he's doing, not trying to intentionally, you know, piss off people or – no, he's just playing the game he knows, and Holzer's just being the teammate that he is and is going to protect his goalie. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know, these players don't even look at that, and they're not even, you know, us fans and the media are going crazy. Oh, look at Holzer and Barry. And we're blowing it up more than it is because that's what, what human nature allows us to. But in these players' minds, it's just kind of like another game. It doesn't really matter. And if anything happened where they ended up laying the big hit or dropping the gloves – as we've seen it with numerous these uh, numerous athletes in hockey, they're just gonna shrug it off and like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we dropped the glove. It's fun. Like this is what a clip of those, those two hockey players in the preseason. I think it was in one of the Nashville players, and I'm not sure who it was, but they're disgusting in the penalty box after they fought. How their summers were. So that was pretty funny. Uh, a couple things I took from this game too was uh, Fowler ended up having to play a total of 27 three seconds of uh, ice time in that game. That's a hell of a lot. Like they put like pretty much all the defensive responsibility on him playing almost close to 30 minutes. And also Getzloff. Getzloff had seven shots. Like I don't know if that's <laughs> the Illuminati talking about Cogliano saying he's going to hit him, so he's going to go back to his old number. No, that's just joking around about the Illuminati stuff. I don't believe in that. It's kind of weird. Or if you do, like, it's not weird, I guess, whatever. But, I mean, Getzloff had seven shots, and usually when Getzloff shoots more, good things happen. So it's good to see Getzloff stepping out of his comfort zone and, and having, in this game, a shoot-first mentality. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out. But I really hope that he keeps this mentality going because Getzloff Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've season. talked about the uh, Silverberg, Raquel, Henrique line doing very well. And we'll, we'll discuss it more in this podcast. But yeah, I mean, Getzloff's been scoring goals in addition. So when he shoots more, as all of you out there know, you're like, shoot the damn puck, dude. Stop passing it. So... Uh, he was more on it in this game. But, yeah, the Ducks came up short. 
So they lost against Nashville. They lost against Dallas. They had a couple games coming up against Colorado and Vegas. But before those games, uh, a trade was made, one that we talked about on the last show. Uh, We mentioned that Pierre Lebrun had talked about it. Uh, We talked about some trade rumors of some other players, and we'll talk more about that later in the show. But I did say on the last show that I thought Good Branson was the trade for the Ducks to make. Uh, You wrote an article on it. I posted it. (laughs) And then within 30, 40 minutes, the trade was made. So I I started cracking up because after that, my phone started blowing up. People were messaging me like, hey, what's going on? You know, and so then you and I were joking about buying lottery tickets. We, of course, we didn't know who was going to go back, but we we thought that this trade was going to go down. It did, in fact, go down. Uh, you know, the Ducks and the Penguins have traded in the past. So they bring in um, Eric Goodbranson, and they end up sending a seventh-round pick uh, for 2021. And uh, Martinson as well back. And and a lot, of, a lot of fervor about this. A lot of people upset. They're like, hey, this guy's got a lot of negative numbers in the past. Why are we bringing this guy in? Manson's now out. If you didn't catch it, Manson's on the IR. Uh, they're saying lower body injury because you know how hockey, it's it's upper body or lower body or once in a while it's mid body, right? They don't want to say what it is, but you, you could tell. He, he effed up his knee, okay? That's what happened, right? You saw him. He couldn't put any pressure on his left leg. He had to be you know, carried off the ice there. He was seen in crutches after that game in Dallas. So he's out. The Ducks get good Branson. A lot of you ha- had a meltdown on social media. You're like, why are we picking up this guy? He's you know, a, a third-pairing D-man. Well, the thing is, the Ducks had this in the works for a while. Uh, as we talked about on the show over a week ago before, right, when the Ducks first started this road trip, we talked about this. So they brought him in and... Uh, you know, it's just, it's a crazy situation. You have him go down. He plays in these couple games this weekend. Obviously, Lindholm then goes down the Colorado game. We'll get to that in a minute. But what are your early reactions to this trade, Eddie? Because a lot of people were really, like, upset. Like, why are we getting this guy? Like, he's terrible. He's got plus-minus numbers that are ridiculous. Granted, it was Vancouver and Florida when both those teams, for lack of a better term, sucked. But... Uh, what what did you think when they brought him in? Because I mean, he does have a hefty price tag at four million. I was actually freaking happy that we talked about this in the show, and then I, I wrote the article, and then all of a sudden, a, a, an hour or so later, he's officially traded to the Ducks. So I was like, "Holy shit, that, this, this is awesome!" Like, I, or it was just crazy that how we just discussed that way before. And then you had people going, I saw all the comments like, oh, you know what, it's not going to happen. They're not going to bring him, blah, blah, blah. Like half of the, you know, the fans are saying, oh, yeah, you know, he'll be good and he's going to be a good, you know, addition. I was at work when this trade happened and my buddy ends up texting <laughs> me, calling me Miss Cleo. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I see like an NHL alert saying, oh, breaking uh, the Ducks, you know, uh, acquired, you know, Eric Branson from the Penguins. And then I didn't even know you, Mike, that you posted the article that I wrote on Thursday. I actually wrote it on Wednesday, but I finished it on Thursday night. And I texted Mike, oh, please, I hope you like post that article. And then once I like stopped working and got my lunch and I was just, had a time to catch my breath, I went on my phone. And I saw it. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I know. Timing is everything. Got it, you know? <laughs> we got it. But, yeah, I think this trade, uh, once we reported it, it was going to happen eventually. Maybe it wouldn't have happened as soon as it did, 
But I think Madsen's injury played a role in it, pushing it forward. I like the guy, like a big physical defenseman. I, I like that kind of skater. I outlined that in my article. I like the way he plays the game. The only issue I had is uh, his $4 million cap hit. It's probably going to be less because we got him mid through October. Hockey players get paid uh, twice a month. I think it's the 1st and the 15th, I believe, they get paid. So it's going to be like three and some change, but really, really close to four if some people uh, you know, are really into the, the, that money and the dollar amount, the fact-checking. But I think he's an instant upgrade to our, our bottom defense, and he can bring some much-needed injury, uh, energy and the hard-hitting physicality to the game. And I like it. I, I like him. He's a, definitely an upgrade from Holzer. And if we can use him in the right, you know, contents, once we get everyone back, uh, it's we can. I mean, him ha- him being a third pairing defenseman, Holzer can go down. Holzer can play in San Diego. He can play in Anaheim. His skill level isn't up to par. He's not that good, but he's just a, a, one of those players who do everything for the team. So I think having him is, I guess, I, I'll call him right now, once we're all healthy, a fifth defenseman is amazing. The only issue I have is the $4 million. It's just, it's a lot of money for a fifth or fifth defenseman. And it's, I, I think we could have tried, I, I don't know what's going on between the offices, but I, I think uh, the Penguins, since they're in a crunch right now, they really want to, to get rid of some salary that we could have got them at least for, you know, five hundred thousand or something. Just, just not get that four million. I don't know. Four bugs me. I think three five would have been okay. Maybe a little lower at three point two. That would have been doable for a, a you know a bottom defenseman. But it's just kind of still. It, it still bugs me at that that dollar amount. But there's still good positives about it. Uh, so. I'll just leave it at that, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, I'll go into this more when we talk about our trade rumor. Yeah, and we still have a couple games to talk about with Good Branson in the lineup and how he did as well. But I, I'm with you. I like the trade. I'm glad they brought him in. This is before the whole Manson thing. You got to remember, this was in the works before he got hurt. So I, I was happy that they brought him when we talked about it last week. I said, hey, this is a deal that the Ducks are most likely going to make, and then boom, they make the deal. So I wasn't surprised that they picked him up. But I'm with you. The cost kind of concerns me a little bit because you look at the Ducks' defense right now. You have Fowler at 6.5, Lindholm at 5.2, and then uh, you have Manson at 4.1. So this guy comes in just under Manson. And and, and don't get me wrong. I like the Branson. And it rhymes with Manson, right? I know. Stupid. Very, very stupid. I've been drinking. <laughs> right, right. Conspiracy, conspiracy right? Conspiracy. I got a couple drinks, by the way. But anyways. <laughs> The thing is, is that, I mean, Good Branson is not Manson, right? He's not He's not quite the same. We, we all agree on that. I, I don't think that's a debate. If, if you think differently, hey, freaking at me and tell me I'm full of it. But I don't think he's the same level as Manson. Now, with that said, I don't think he's a bad defenseman. Eddie and I have been harping about the Ducks being gritty, being tough, and whatnot this season, which they weren't that much last season. So I like the addition of him. It's just the price tag. Now, of course, the Ducks then go into, uh, they lost to Nashville, like we talked about. They lost to Dallas. 
They, and they play decent both those games. And then they go in, you're like, okay, they're going to play Colorado and Vegas this weekend. Oh, my God, we're screwed, right? Well, they go into Colorado. Manson's out, of course. Good Branson comes in. And the Ducks win this game. And everybody's like, I, I, a lot of people, I think, were surprised. But the Ducks overall played a very good game uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. And going into this game, remember, Colorado was 8-1-1. One, and one. Uh, They did outshoot the Ducks in this game, but... The Ducks got out early to a lead in here. You had Adam Henrique scoring 50 seconds in. Carter Rowney and Grant teaming up, getting another goal. The Ducks up 2-0. Uh, of course, Colorado answers back on the power play. And then, like we talked about, Getzloff shooting the puck more. He answers on the power play. Holy crap, the Ducks got another power play goal, right? Buy a lotto ticket. Uh, then McKinnon gets a, a power play goal. The Ducks, you know, penalty kill wasn't that great in this game. But then Comtois scores again in back-to-back games. Uh, Silverberg ends up on an empty net game, uh, excuse me, empty net goal. And, the, the, you know, the Ducks come through and they win this game on the road against the Avalanche team. You know, they beat them 5-2. to two. You didn't have Mance in this game. You didn't have Kasha in this game. We knew that both of them were out for the rest of this road trip. And then, of course, later on, like we said, Manson was on the IR. But th- this was a crazy game. The, the Ducks converted on the power play one time. Colorado converted twice. They lost the shots and face-off battle, but the Ducks played very well puck possession-wise, 5-on-5. Five five. They took advantage of their opportunities when Colorado didn't. But another part of this, too, was Ryan Miller was a net. And I and I know, Eddie and I harp on this, too. Miller needs to play more games. Not taking anything away from Gibson. This is a back-to-back situation. You obviously knew that Miller would either play against Vegas or Colorado. But he comes in. He plays outstanding, and he's still undefeated on the season, Eddie. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Colorado was coming off a big win against the Vegas Golden Knights. They beat them that Friday 6-1. to one. So they had that swag coming back. Uh, yeah, second of back-to-backs, but a team 8-1-1, one, and one, they have swag, and they can play. And you have... They have a few suits. They have Michael Ranton, which he was out, but they have Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is probably the top five, top five if not uh, top three players in the whole entire league. And the Ducks came in there and they weren't intimidated. They were just they went in there and went <laughs> balls deep. Uh, so sorry for that reference, but I mean, when the Ducks can beat. Uh, I guess like one of the best the, the best the, the best, best Eddie that they were the best team in the West school them yeah it was the best shut down McKinnon with a backup goalie holy crap yes people are gonna say you know well the Avalanche they played a backup to Francois but you know what yeah he's still a rookie he's older he's played in Europe he's a hell of a goalie and he he can he's made he made tremendous saves but. Oh, Miller was just making point blank saves. They had two Avalanche players in front of uh, Miller with two Ducks players trying to get those Avalanche players. So a total of four players. Let me check my math. Two plus two, four. Yeah, it's four players. But Miller just Miller played really great in this game. He would just shut them down. He was so calm, cool, and collective. Uh, he wasn't that just that veteran guy you have to play 10, 15 games. No, he. He seemed like he could be a starter for some teams that need defensive or goalie help. He played great, and, and the Ducks, the Ducks did not get intimidated at all. I, I don't know if the Avalanche beat the hell out of the Golden Knights, and they came in saying, "Well, the Ducks are on this losing skid." 
it, it might be a little easy game. We're at home. The Alvation's going to get them. But, uh, you know, the Avalanche didn't seem to have a response to the Ducks. The Ducks just came out fast. Like you said, they scored in 50 seconds of the game. It's just crazy how fast they went. I mean, you have Henrique scoring the first goal, which oh, yeah, in the world oh, loves yeah. Henrique. And I got posted. And, and then, like, that Austin Powers quote, women love him, men want to be him. So I think the, uh, the Avalanche just got kind of caught with their pants down, and the Ducks just put the foot on the pedal and just kept going. And Comtois' fourth goal, or not his fourth goal, but his goal he scored was a fourth one. Yeah, I know. I'm not a Richie fan. I know a lot of people aren't, but you have to give credit to Richie because he created that whole play. He made that beautiful pass that kind of, you know, created to that. And then, of course, Silverberg with the empty net. He's, he's man, that guy's been on fire lately, and, I get like worried about players that just sign extensions after they had a career season. It kind of just like, okay, well, maybe he got his money. He's just going to kind of hang tight and not play as hard as he does. But Silverberg's coming off, and he's really on fire this season. And I, I love the way he plays. And that guy just – he loves to score goals. And you can just see that he wants to Yeah, score I mean, that, that line with uh, Raquel Silverberg and Henrique has been ridiculously stupid. They've been the best line for the Ducks. At this point uh, in the uh, season, uh, Silverberg and Henrique had six goals leading the team, and they've just been great. You know, Raquel's probably the only one, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a slacker, I guess you could say. But overall, th- th- that line has been the best offensive line for the Ducks, and we've talked about Comtois as well. How much we like him, you know, he gets a couple goals, and he's doing great. And some of you out there love Max Jones and think he's great, but I, I'm sorry, I'm more a Comtois fan. This guy has an overall better game. Jones did play in this game, but didn't score. I mean, granted, he did have a goal taken away earlier. We talked about that in the season, but I'm a, I'm a big uh, Comtois fan, Eddie. Yeah, same here. I think he just. He's one of those like grinding players. He he does whatever he can to help the team, and he puts himself in vulnerable situations to win battles. He's always in front of that net, and he just picks, uh, cleans up the garbage. He's just an all around great player, and I think you know hopefully as he develops more, he'll transition to more of a you know an offensive threat. But the way he plays, and it's kind of unpredictable, like really unpredictable too, because you see his size and stature, it's like. Okay, this guy is not really going to get in there, but he does. He get, he's in your face. He doesn't back down, and I love that, like that hundred and ten percent like passion that he gives, and he gives it. Obviously, yeah, he's a rookie, and they all should be doing that because some some people some rookies just kind of coast and try to just use their status as of being whatever draft pick they are, and not. But with him, he's he's really a great player. Um, the Ducks really did give support for Gibson, though. Or, I'm sorry, not Gibson, uh, Miller. Uh, the Ducks had 21 blocks in that game, so that was pretty good to see uh, a lot of those players sacrificing themselves in front of those pucks. Those pucks are frozen. They're really hurting their hearts, so that was good to see that. You know, that, you know, I guess that protection for Miller, I, I wish they would do that a little bit more for Gibson, too. It seems like when Gibson's in there, they kind of just kind of, okay, Gibson's, the elite goalie, which he is, and they kind of let all those shots just go at him, but sometimes it causes wear and tear. Gabranson played a career high of 22 minutes and 47, or 24 seconds in that game, and he was a plus-minus plus two. He had two hits in that game. I thought he would have a little bit more. Just He's a, you know one of those gritty players, 
But both those hits came on uh, their captain and also a gritty player, Gabriel Landeskog. So I think he kind of had uh, uh, some kind of shutdown on him too. So that was actually good to see. And I know a lot of people were uh, were talking to me and asking me because I do follow the Avalanche too. Like, oh, who are you going for? And that's no, that shouldn't be a question. Ducks are my team since I was, you know, in '95. That's when I became a Ducks fan. And and regardless, like, you know, I, I'm gonna go with my home team first. There was one season where I I went to Honda Center wearing my Avalanche jersey. When they played the Ducks, but I only worry because it was like the Avalanche's worst season they ever played, and they were dead last. So I figured, why not? I have the jerseys. I I can't watch the Avalanche play anymore because I'm not stationed in Colorado. So I wore it. And Mike, funny story. I think I told you this before. One of those games too. I think it was an away game when the Ducks played the Avalanche, and the Avalanche were like dead last. Like they were like miles away from being anywhere close to being unlast. I walked into a bar I usually go to, and there's a few Kings fans that know me. I got called a bandwagon for wearing my Avalanche jersey against the Ducks. That was, <laughs> that was like one of the funniest things in the yeah, world. Yeah, seriously. Man. So, I think the big thing too, uh, like you talked about, is uh, you know the, Ryan Miller. I mean, uh, three zero and zero on the season, two point one goals against, nine two nine save percentage. Obviously, Gibson's numbers are very close to that. But, I mean, we're very fortunate. You, I, I don't know a better backup goalie you could have to Gibson. So, he gets in this game, like you said. The Ducks give him good support. The, the Ducks really, the only uh, blemish in this game in terms of the play was uh, basically they, you know, kind of undisciplined. We've seen this. They were kind of undisciplined against uh, Nashville. But they gave up six power play chances in this one as well. But they were still able to pull it off. The bad news is that Hampus Lindholm got hurt and had a lower body injury. So when the Ducks then went in to play Vegas the next day, the Ducks' defense was super thin. Uh, they had no Lindholm. They had no Manson. Uh, playing a Vegas team that the Ducks have not had a lot of success with. Obviously, Gibson was in net with uh, you know Miller being in the night before against Colorado. Everybody was stressed out about this game. With the Ducks going uh, against the Avalanche first, but then they go into this Vegas game, and oh man, they get the first goal. Gets off scores. We talked about him shooting again. Things looks good uh, a couple minutes in, and then it all falls apart. Uh, we had our watch party at El Ranchito. Thanks for everybody that came out uh, in Orange. It was a great time. We had uh, bar down breaks there as well. They gave away a bunch of pucks. A lot of good time, and if you want to buy any hockey cards or get in on what they're doing, check them out at bardownbreaks.com. Um, very uh, good thing to check out. But we had them in the building. We had a lot of fun with everybody who was there. But, man, after the first five minutes, this was the worst game the Ducks played this season. They got outshot 49-15, to 15, uh, gave up four penalties, got scored on twice on the power play. And, I mean, after that first five minutes... It just went really downhill. The the Vegas uh, Golden Knights had three goals. Ended up uh, you know up three to one after the first period, and then they just never looked back. Eddie and uh, a really frustrating game. The Ducks could not get the puck in the zone. Could not get shots on net. Uh, I I don't know what was going on with this team. I don't know if they were tired at the end of the road trip or, or or tired after playing Colorado, but you could tell not having Manson and Lindholm, your number one and two defensemen. Uh, it really hurt the Ducks in this game. 
they usually seem uh, that they played like how I act on day three or four of a Vegas trip that I went on. Because I can't even function after that. I'm in the backseat of the car on the ride home, just absolutely not wanting to do anything. And the Ducks just did not come to play. They started off strong, and he thought it was going to be a good game. You know, gets off, comes just minding his own business, coming right down the slot. And just, you know, nice little you know goal he scored. Like, oh, cool. This is how the game's going to be. They set the tempo. Comtois uh, took advantage of a misplay by Fleury. Fleury was trying to, like, deflect that puck to the corner. Comtois had it, put his head up, found Getzloff, boom, a goal. And, and that goal was made by a pass created by Richie again, which, like I said, I'm not biased. I know I don't like him, so I'm going to give him the credit where it's due. But it's just, man, after that, uh, Fowler scores accidentally into the Ducks net, and all hell breaks loose. It's... I think the biggest, oh, I can't even say what the hell went on that game. Mike, I think we, you and I both drank more drinks and the Ducks had shots that whole game. And that was bad. Minus the Coors <laughs> Light that I was being made fun of for drinking that when I first got there. I think that was the only enjoyment of, of uh, second only enjoyment of the game. But Bar Down Breaks came out there. Great guys. They were really fun to talk to and they, they were really really open and talk to anyone and friendly so that that was cool but that game was really bad it it was really bad to watch it it just this was the worst game the ducks played all season and i don't know if they played a i think the the only game that can compare this to was the one they played against carolina last season where they just got destroyed It, it just it was just a bad game and the Ducks were coming in this, you know, uh, this building or not, not this building, but playing the the Vegas Golden Knights for all time record, but a one six and one record. Obviously, that went to one seven and one now. But I don't know what the hell happened to the Ducks. Like, I, I really hope that the Ducks just went out, had a good time in Vegas, and Vegas just got the best of them. That's the only excuse I, I want to hear. But it was yeah, just a there's there's game. there's nothing else to say. We can't sugarcoat it, right? We're not going to be homers. I mean, the Ducks played like crap. That that's it. They started out good, like I said, the first five minutes. Uh, the rest of the first period and the second period, they looked like dog. You know what? I mean, that's it. And then the third period, they they fought back a little bit, uh, but still, it wasn't good enough. I mean, this this was just. I get it. Uh, Kasha's out. Lindholm's out. Uh, Manson's out. You know, I, I get that, but this is still an, an unacceptable game. That, that's just the way I look at it, Eddie. Yeah, but if you're going to, like, have your whole team based on three players and that's going to really just drive you down that fast, then you're not a good hockey team and you should be making preparations to just go on a rebuild a rebuild mode and not just do this whole retool thing, whatever bullshit you want to call it. Because, yeah. I mean, I apologize about the language, but last night's game was strictly bullshit, dog shit, like whatever shit you want to call it. That was yesterday's game. And I don't know. Oh, that, that I, I can't even describe in, in decent terms without really pissing off a lot of people or probably getting banned from talking on this show again of what this game was last night. The best thing, like I said was just being at the watch party and having that success, but it was just bad. It's overall bad game. Ducks had no fight in them. They weren't playing aggressive. They were letting pl- 
players like Ryan Reeves outskate their defensemen. Like they made Ryan Reeves look like a superstar. Like I, I was like, oh my god, did Ryan Reeves have like an inner Ovechkin in him? The way he was skating, going around the Ducks. It's one of those games that you want to forget. I really hope the Ducks learn from that, and I really hope the coach, you know, punishes them for that because this is a bad game. And like I said, I really hope. It was one of those games where they all went to Vegas. They were happy about beating the Avalanche, and they all went out and had a great time. That's the only acceptable excuse they can use for playing Yeah, I mean, court. they were outshot in this game 49-15. to Kind of reminds me of some games from last season, if you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot Car- of games Carolina. last year, they gave up 40-plus shots. This was just, I get it. It's the end of a road trip and you're tired, but really? I mean, 49 shots? It's disgusting. They gave up four power play chances and gave up two goals on that. I mean, it just, nothing went right for them. They got that first goal, and I thought, okay, great. And then, like you said, Cam Fowler effed up. Uh, and this is one thing I wanted to point out, too, for those of you that play hockey. If the puck goes behind your goalie and it's near the post, don't shoot it to the far post. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch that goal. Fowler, uh, Fowler shoots it to the far post. And it ends up going back into the net, right? And I get it. Sometimes you're behind the net and the puck's there and you just want to get it out. I totally get that. But if that puck's back there and it's towards one or the other post, shoot it away from that post towards the boards. That's what you got to do. I mean, that's the best thing. If it's in the middle somewhere, I get it. You're just trying to get it out of there. But if Fowler takes a backhand and swings that puck the other way, guess what? That's not a goal. Guarantee you right there. So that, that, that was a huge mistake. Oh, and yeah. from then, Vegas jumped on that and blew the Ducks out the rest of the way. I, I'm, and I'm not a big proponent of saying one player, one call defines a game or anything like that. But it's just a lesson for those of you out there that are playing hockey. When that puck gets behind your goalie, if you can clear it to the shorter side, do so. If you go for the far post... A lot of stuff can happen. Someone can intercept the pass. They can shoot it in. It goes off your goalie and deflects in, which is what we've seen. Or you misfire it in the net yourself. If it if you backhand it away from the short side, guess what? It's probably not going to go in the net. And this, is, this isn't me getting on Fowler. It's just uh, I've seen other players do it too. But that mistake changed the momentum of this game. And the Knights ran with it. So, you know, it's a tough play for him. I mean, he's trying to get it out either way. But I felt, Eddie, once that play happened, Vegas ran with it, and the Ducks just had no answer. Yeah, like you said, too, it's really hard to just pinpoint it on one play that defines the game. But the Ducks had all the momentum. They scored the goal, and they looked good. They were just flying around and... It seemed like the Ducks were really going to take this game, but once that goal was scored, it seems like their shoulders just went, you know, went down, and they put their tails between their legs or whatever Ducks have. Yeah, um, Ducktails. Tails. But it, 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 yo, Ducktails, woohoo! <laughs> well, it just went down from there, and I mean, people that play hockey uh, that are listening to this show, you've done it before. Like everyone's done it, and you know how bad of a feeling that is, and you learn from it. But I, I just you shot directly into the net, like, dude. Jump in front of the goalie, grab your hand, hold the puck, get up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be a penalty. They're probably gonna get a penalty shot. 
okay, at least Gip, or, or, yeah, Gibson at this point can see the shot coming. It, it was just one of those plays as a, a freak accident. And it, I really hate to say that 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 one moment defined the whole team, but it kind of did because after that, Vegas just took control. And I mean, man. They always say, you know, the house always wins. Uh, apparently it does because the Ducks have one win in the last games they played with Vegas. What, 1-7-1 and one now? That's just, oh, man. That's bad. I just want to put this game behind me. And, I, you know, okay, I switched to Modelo too. For people that are listening about the Coors Light thing after I got made fun of. But I like Coors Light. I'll take Coors Light too, but Modelo had to do the trick. And if, you know, if I wasn't driving, I probably would have had like. like you know what? The Ducks shots. lost because you started drinking Coors Light. That's it, Eddie. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> oh no! I, 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 I no, I drank yeah. that before. And our server too. Our and our server Allie for our Ducks and Watch uh, Ducks and Pucks watch party was awesome. She's always amazing. She's just so friendly and she just has an energy about her that kind of glows everybody up. And it was funny. She was. Looking at me like, you're drinking that? And then what's funnier, too, um, I'm at a Mexican restaurant, and I'm part Mexican. I have a little Italian in me, but I ordered a burger. And you know what? That burger was freaking amazing. <laughs> I got made fun of Well, that we too. did have fun at the watch party, that's for sure. But, yeah, what happened on the ice, uh, you got to forget about it. The uh, The Ducks come home. They have a, a boatload of games they're going to play. They're going to start out with the Winnipeg Jets and then play a, you know just a ton of games over the next couple of weeks. But... Yeah, the the Ducks lost those two games, and for those of you that you know hated this uh, Gabranson trade and everything, uh, in the Vegas game he had plus three hits. He played over twenty minutes. Uh, he had three blocks, and he was a plus minus of zero. So you know, not a not a great game for the Ducks overall. But this guy that came in that a lot of you were all stressed out about and saying, well. This plus minus has been terrible on these these crappy teams, Florida and Vancouver. If you look back at when he played on those teams, he's not doing that bad. He's actually doing a decent job. And he was thrust into a top four role in this game with Manson and Lindholm out. So he's not, like I said, he's not going to replace those guys. But he's played decent. I know it's only two games. It's a small sample size. But for those of you that are out there you know, ripping on him, I just look at that. Uh, like Eddie and I said, we were more concerned about the money. But so the Ducks, like we said, they go on this road trip. They lose three out of four games. They actually played well three out of the four games, ironically. But but the record shows the other way. So the Ducks come home. Uh, like we said, a lot of uh, hopefully home cooking that's going to help them turn this around. But you know, they're seven six and zero, not not terrible. And uh, we talked a lot about trades and stuff. We talked about Nick Ritchie. We talked about Taylor Hall. We talked about Eric Goodbranson on the last show, which that ended up happening. And we've got more news on some trade rumors uh, with Taylor Hall, Eddie. It looks like it's heating up, and the Ducks may be in on him as well. Oh, definitely. Before we get into the trade rumors, I want to talk to you about one of our sponsors. This is a sponsor of the show on the Volley Apparel. They do all our shirts, hats, our sweaters, and they've been great. Uh, they're a soccer brand, but they uh, really one of the top soccer brands because if you really look at their page, they do a lot with professional players. 
they've been great with helping us out with our shirts now we have new shirts we have new sweaters and we kind of revamped our, our whole merchandise and it's, it's been pretty good so go ahead and check them out they're sponsoring this show and what we're going to do too now we're thinking about is we're going to have all you fans that have been supporting us and that buy our merchandise go ahead and tag us on twitter facebook uh, instagram and we're going to start giving you prizes for that and at the end of the season we might you know, send you a jersey of the best picture you guys tweet. And Mike and I were talking about maybe we should do some jerseys to add with this merchandise. Because I know we have a lot of theme nights and there's a lot of jerseys that, that, that could be made possible and could be fun for Ducks fans to wear, but they're not getting produced. Uh, for example, Star Wars Night is a really popular, you know, jersey concept that, you know, our, our I guess, promo night that the Ducks do. People love it. They, they, they come dressed up. You have Wild Wing dressed up with a costume with his jersey on. But there's really not a, a Ducks jersey and a Star Wars combined that you can wear to the game. So what we're going to do is, you know, we're going to try to work with people and work with different brands, and especially on the volley and see if we can make a, a reasonable price theme jersey uh, from Ducks and Pucks you guys can wear. Me, personally, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I know that's shocking to a lot of people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get crap for it in <laughs> just a second when I'm done talking. But I think that's going to uh, a, a thing that we want to do. And not just Star Wars, but like, you know, uh, cancer awareness jerseys. Uh, if you guys support uh, dogs and, and animal shelters, which I'm working they're closing on a deal that we can uh, do a charity thing for for animal shelters but just have a variety of jerseys that you guys can support your causes or what you're passionate about for example the star wars thing and jerseys that are affordable for everyone and not just you know 300 dollars jerseys uh an x amount of jerseys you can pay or not even 300 dollars jerseys when he's like you know the warm-up jerseys go for like over a thousand i know a lot of people can't afford them i definitely can't afford them so we're gonna to try to do that and go ahead, Mike. Because I know you're gonna. No, no, no. I'm just liking Star Mike, Wars. I've only met one. I've only met one or two people <laughs> no, that friendly. aren't like Star Wars fans. So I was like, when you told me that before we were gonna record this, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, usually it's like either you're a Star Wars fan or like you're a super Star Wars fan. So I'm like, you're not that into it. All right, Eddie. Whatever. <laughs> I did love that uh, that Dark Moth guy. That's right. That's or, right. Dark Moth. I don't know his name. That little guy with the. Yeah, I, I liked him. And then Disneyland back in the day, uh, Star Tours. I liked that. But I, I just I never got into it. I watched the movies, and I know it's like losing because I'm a big movie buff, and I have a lot of like reputation on on critiquing movies and and watching a ton of movies and, and sharing that information. And I think it's kind of pulls away from my credibility of the Star Wars thing. But well, just, may the I, force I really not be with it. you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I want the force to be with me. <laughs> I just don't uh, want to all right, all right, all right. Enough of the Star Wars stuff. So let's talk about trade rumors. So we, okay, we talked about rumors, on the last show. Now. We talked about Taylor Hall. And uh, I had mentioned that, yes, of course, I would like the Ducks to get Taylor Hall. He would help out the power play. Obviously, he'd help out the offense. But, of course, he's going to come with a big price tag. But... Now there's an update, uh, Eddie, and I'll let you go into it, that the Ducks are in on Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, New Jersey Devil. Holy crap. Taylor Hall would be a massive upgrade to the left wing that we desperately need from some time. 
Well, according to Sportsnet's Luke Fox, the Avalanche, Canadians, and the Anaheim Ducks are the front runners to try to get Taylor Hall. And this is really big. Taylor Hall is one of those players where you're not in a retool mode. You're a, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup mode. He's going his last his last year of his deal, so he has a choice whether uh, and he'll be a UFA. So if we pick him up, there has to be conditions to him. We can't just pick him up and and boom, he's gone the next season. But if the Ducks are really gonna be in play for this, and bargain Bob's gonna. Leave the 99 cents for, I guess, go to Macy's. Macy's expensive. Are one of those, you know, no, Taylor Hall, go to Rodale Drive, one of those stores in Beverly Hills where I, I can't even afford to actually drive on that thing and see the stores. Like, I, I can't afford to pay $100 for a Starbucks coffee over there. I don't even know. I've never been to Beverly Hills. So I don't make that much money. But uh, apparently, the Ducks aren't done making moves, and this might be a possibility for them to land. Taylor Hall is is great this season. He, um, he's one of those players instantly upgrades into elite scorer, be that left wing. Uh, if you think you know Nick Ritchie is doing decent or you know being on that left wing, oh man, he, he him and Getzloff, both power forward type of players. It, it just be something that you play your NHL game and you probably trade for. He's played in a. Uh, when I wrote this up, I think it's like 570 total games. He scored 203 goals, 314 assists, 517 points. He's had five playoff games, scored six points, two goals, four assists. I think this would be absolutely amazing to grab a player like Taylor Hall. The only drawback is what the hell are the Ducks doing? Because we, we, we don't really know. We haven't really heard anything. It's, it's been a retool. Uh, this and we kind of translate that to rebuild. Definitely, if if you're in that mode still, don't go after Taylor Hall. Don't bring a player in that's not going to resign. Taylor Hall wants to be on a championship team. He wants to he wants to win a Stanley Cup, which is should be the ultimate goal for every NHL player. So if the Ducks are really serious about getting him, they should be serious about their team, you know, contending, and they should make more moves. And we'll talk about our defense after this, but Taylor Hall is going to require a really, really big return. They're going to have to give up a, a roster player of significance. I want to say someone like Silverberg. They're going to have to give up your first-round draft pick for the Ducks. That's gone. That shouldn't even be a question. And they're going to have to give up a top prospect. Um, not Zegris, but they're going to have to give up someone significant uh, a number one pick and maybe a player like Silverberg. Uh, if, if, if Kasha comes back and he starts scoring goals and he gets that potential, maybe. But it's going to be a big return. Taylor Hall is a UFA after this season and he has a cap hit of $6 million. So the Ducks technically could afford him. But is this going to be short-term, long-term? Or what are the Ducks' intentions to get this guy? So it, it's just it'd be an instant upgrade, and he'll increasingly improve the Ducks' offense. But what are the Ducks gonna do? And, and what's our future? Are we a cup contender? Or are we still retooling? That's the question. Yeah, and I, I think like. that's the issue is maybe him trying to go to a team that's gonna be contender. You know, the Ducks are sitting at seven, six, and zero, not really a contending team. Though the Ducks have been playing obviously a lot better this season than than last year. 
I think there's a few things to think about. We talked about Nick Ritchie uh, before. He, he's been playing better on the ice, as you mentioned. He's been making uh, plays to help get goals. He hasn't been scoring as much. But, of course, he's been taking those stupid penalties. So there's some of that issue there. You have uh, Kasha, as you mentioned. Uh, unfortunately, he got ran over in that game in Dallas. May or may not have another uh, head injury type issue. Uh, a guy that the Ducks looked to trade when they were trying to work out that Falk deal, which fell through. Another guy I look at is Sprong. Sprong's been playing great offensively, but his defensive game has needed some work that uh, Aikens and Murray have looked at. So those are some names out there that the Ducks could you know, try to throw out there to trade. Uh, if you look at the Ducks' cap space right now, after good and good Branson, they have about $3 million in cap space. Uh, if you're bringing over Taylor Hall, you're looking at a $6 million, you know, around that kind of uh, figure that's going to be a hit. But don't forget the Ducks also have Eves and Kessler that are on the IR, and they have that in reserve that they can use as well. So the Ducks could... Could bring him in if they were going to tap into their long-term injury reserve. And then they'd have to try to figure out something next season. As you point out, he's a UFA, uh, depending on what the Ducks do trade. I mean, Silverberg's a big price tag. I, I, I don't think the Ducks would do that, especially with how well Henrique, Raquel, and Silverberg are playing. But I could see them giving up some other forwards, maybe some draft picks, like you said, to try and make this deal happen. And this is one, though, that... I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I think it, it might cost Murray too much. Like you said, he's bargaining Bob at the 99 cent store. Is he going to freaking go to Macy's or some other bigger department store like Neiman Marcus? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it would be nice for him to do that. But I would like to have Taylor Hall in there. I think he helps the team offensively, helps the team on the power play. I, I think it's a move that I would try to uh, acquire, giving up some players, like I said, not not necessarily the ones that are doing so well right now, but it, it's a tough one. I, I don't think so. Like the Branson thing I talked about, I said, hey, I think this is going to happen. It's going to be done. Taylor Hall, I personally want it to happen, but the likelihood of it, I just don't know, Eddie. I, I just don't see it happening uh, if it's going to involve some kind of big, you know, decent roster spot player uh, like a Silverberg or Raquel. I, I, I don't know. If they, they do it, I'm all for it, but uh, the cost, I just don't know if Murray is willing to pull the trigger, Eddie. No, same here. Um, he's done a great job with the Ducks. I, I'm not trying to, like, just, you know, crap on him, but he's just, like, not one of those players that are willing to take that gamble on a player like that. Uh, his caliber, uh, Taylor Hall has no trade protection, so he can pretty much be traded to whoever the devils feel, you know, that are, are more worthy. Uh, I, I just don't see uh, him being that aggressive enough to pull a player like that. And it's unfortunate because he, he would instantly just be great. And the Canadians, I, I can't see him going to another Canadian market after all the, the, the crap that he was dealt with, with Edmonton. And I, I'm not talking crap about, you know, Canadian uh, fan base or anything. But they're really critical in Canada. Their hockey players are just equivalent to America's baseball and football players. And, and I know some fans that are Americans, like myself. I mean, I take hockey very seriously, and that's like I'm real critical. As a you know, I, I, I don't know. Some people joked around saying I should be in Canada. I should be a Canadian. I have Canadian fans that I've talked to, and this how I describe hockey and passion. That I, I, I'm that critical of them. But it's just, 
as much as I want this to happen, I don't see it happening. And I think Taylor Hall wants to win a cup and wants to be on a team that's going to be successful and not having a question mark. And the Avalanche team are buzzing right now, and they have the cap space, and they have, I guess, the players and tools necessary to be a cup contender. I think they're one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup this season. So I think that if any trade happens, the biggest return will be from Joe Sackick and Colorado Avalanche. He, he's he's one of those GMs that are, are willing to – he's patient as well, and, and he wants the best for his team, as we saw from the Matt Duchesne trade and how much he got from that. But I think he's willing to give up players that that will suffice for New Jersey, and I don't think the Ducks – and, and, and I wouldn't want them to right now give up players like Silverberg, a roster player, one of our top draft picks or our, our prospects that are doing well. Our, our prospects have a lot of potential. We don't know how this team is going to progress in the near future. I, I'd rather have them, you know, be a contender in a couple, uh, two, three years from the players they have and let them develop then try to go after Stanley Cup this season and fail and then just be kind of like crapped out of luck after that. So it's just, it's one of those things. It's You love it, you hate it. If it happens, we're going to have to dissect it. And in a trailer of that magnitude, I, I guarantee you, it's, it's going to, it's going to instantly put Ducks up a few points of winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, but it's it's still a gamble too because you don't know how he's going to produce with the Ducks if the chemistry is going to go well if he's in a fit with the team because that's really important too in sports and that's just every sport you do if you have that chemistry you're going to produce more but I think as, if we make this trade and we're going to potentially give up the assets that are, are going to really sting a little bit I think the Ducks should kind of do something more defensively first to prove that they're really, you know, they want to contend for a Stanley Cup and not just be a, a retooling team, grabbing a player that might Yeah, I mean, that's the big issue, too, is like you said, if you take some kind of player like Silverberg or Raquel and you send him to New Jersey for Taylor Hall and you have him come over as a UFA, you, I mean, you're talking about a rental for the rest of the season if you don't get some kind of extension done. To me, that's not worth it. I would not want to trade any one of our big offensive scorers uh, for another offensive scorer that you may not have at the end of the season. That That's just ludicrous to me. So unless there's some kind of extension involved and it's not going to cost a lot of players for the Ducks, which it's going to cost some, of course, I just don't see it happen. I, I agree with you. I think Colorado is a front runner, obviously, in the West. That's a team that he would probably more likely land uh, of the three mentioned in this this you know front runners for the for um, the Taylor Hall uh, sweepstakes, if you want to call it that. So, oh yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, interrupt you. I forgot to mention to you because I know once we I do this podcast, and I'll probably write something about this just to have it written on words. Just in case, because <laughs> you never know. But New Jersey has a player named Miles Wood. He's equivalent to our Nick Ritchie, but he, he has a little more skill, and he's that same player. So people thinking that's going to take, you know, you know, Nick Ritchie, a first round of the prospect. That's not going to happen. And, and my opinion, it's going to take um, uh, Silverberg, a first round draft pick, and a, I want to say a top prospect, and. If there have conditions to it, like Mark Stone went to Vegas, but he like 
had like you know he talked to Vegas already and re- he already agreed to an extension. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to cost more than that. So uh, for those thinking that Nick Ritchie will be part of that trade, he definitely would not be part of that trade because they have a player of Mile Woods of his caliber. If, if, if not, if well, even then, Nick even Ritchie. if Nick Ritchie's part of the trade, that they're going to have to add a whole bunch of stuff. That's why I just don't think this is going to happen. But like they said, they said he's a front. The Ducks are one of the, the front runners in this, so we'll keep our eye on it. And like Eddie said, we'll have an article or whatnot if if that does happen too, right after this show, because that's kind of what happens a lot of times. We talk about stuff, and then the next day uh, something happens. You know, someone gets picked up off waivers, or someone gets traded. I mean, who knows? Um, I think the other part we'll kind of talk about here before we wrap up is the Ducks improving the defense. And that's a big issue right now. You have Manson, who's on the IR. They haven't said how long he's out. Uh, if you watched the game and saw what happened, he, he missed the check and ran to the boards. Could not skate on his left foot out of there. It looks like he effed up his knee. Uh, he's going to be out for a while. That's plain and simple. It, it looks like he's going to be out for several weeks. Um, Kase, uh, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it looks like he hurt. He got hit in the head again, so I, it just it's tough. He's not in the IR, but who knows how long he's going to be out. So, and then of course Lindholm's out too. So the Ducks' defense is really the issue in all of this. He's the, the that's the part for this team, and we saw against the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, the Ducks play poor against them, but the defense has been a big issue. So for me. I think that's the next move the Ducks would make. If for some reason Lindholm's going to be out for a while too, they would look to add to the blue line. And we were talking about Buffalo and a couple of the players there, uh, Marco Scandella and uh, Ristolainen too is another name that has come up, Eddie. Uh, I like Ristolainen. Again, that's you know a right-handed shooting defenseman. He's 6'4". He's almost 220 pounds. This guy gets assists like crazy. He averages 35 assists a season. In the last four years, that's the guy I would look at more so. Scandella's not as bad either. You're talking about another six foot three, two hundred ten, you know, pound type guy shoots left instead. Doesn't get as many assists, but another solid guy. So uh, this is kind of a team I look at. If you know, obviously the Ducks have traded with Buffalo too in the past, just like we talked about Pittsburgh. Um, this is a, a area that if, if the Ducks are going to make a move. Like I said, depending on how long Lindholm's out, we know Manson's going to be out for some time. I think the Ducks are going to try to add to the defense more than the offense, Eddie, if they do make a move in the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah, and a lot of people on Instagram, and and, uh, Mike and I both thank you for our live Q&As. You guys just... You blow us up so much that we can't even respond as fast as you're putting questions on. So we really appreciate that and thank you. Uh, it was something we tried out. Uh, it just it's been blowing up, so we like that. And one of the big topics was Ristolainen, especially that he was re- he's requested a trade out of Buffalo. So I don't know what's going on there. They're not using or utilizing him as much as they should. They have Rasmus Sandin. Uh, they have enough defensive depth and skill that they don't. They can trade someone as Ristolainen. Uh Skandala, yeah, he's on the trade block, and, and they're trying to find a suitor for him. But it, I don't think he's in a suit for the Ducks. But Ristolainen is one of those players that can instantly be a top top defenseman for our team. He he, he has a size. Uh, he's young. He's only twenty five years old. 
In 436 games, he scored 36 goals, 163 assists, almost 200 points. He's a, a great defenseman, and he's really at reasonable price for pretty much an elite defense. I think if we can trade for him, he'll be our best defenseman uh, that we have. And he's only at you know five million or 5.4 million until 2021-2022. That's a reasonable reasonable cap hit. I think he, you know, would definitely be an asset to the Ducks. Yes, he's played in 12 games this season, only five assists. But there's some friction going on with Buffalo, so the chemistry might not be there. And I think he needs a new change. And at this point, I think the Ducks should try and try to go for him. Yeah, it's going to cost a lot. And I'd rather them pay that price for him than they do for Taylor Hall at this point. Because he will, like I said, definitely be our, you know, number one defense, if not number close to number two. But I think he has the capability of being number one. And he's the type of player that you want on your team. And that would instantly, you know, take the pressure off Gooley too. You, you can take, you know, Gooley off that, you know, trying to get him in a number four spot and put him on a, a, a number three spot with Branson. And that would just be awesome. Because you have, you know, our top four with number one Ristolainen and have Gooley let him develop. That guy has a lot of skill. He, he skates well. He sees the ice well. He, he, he's going to be a great player. And, yeah, I miss Montour too like a lot of fans do. But this trade was a good trade from the Ducks. And, and this player is, is going to just keep getting better. Um, this is one of my favorites for the Ducks to get. And I really hope they get him. It's going to be sad if... I hear, oh, breaking news, Ristolainen goes to any other yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, that's the one I look at, too. Uh, the issue that Buffalo does have, too, is uh, Scandella uh, has a lower body injury, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. So, uh, like I said, he was the less likely choice anyways. But now that he's out as well for a little bit, uh, Ristolainen is the one. And, and maybe the Ducks... Uh, do trade a defenseman for Ristolainen. Maybe they, they send over another demon uh, to switch it out or whatnot since uh, you, you've had Montour that's had injury issues and Scandella as well now. Uh, maybe the Ducks do work out some kind of deal uh, that way um, that helps it out. I mean, you never know. They, they could try and do it. If he wants to trade out of there and the Ducks want to go for it, then they could probably pick him up. Uh, Montour's uh, dealing with a hand injury, uh, but he's looking at close to coming back, so they they may do it. So that's something to keep in mind. And the Ducks, obviously, as we talked about, have traded with Buffalo before. So I still think the Ducks are going to make another trade. That That's kind of my feeling with the way that this team is going right now. Like we said, Manson's going to be out. We don't know exactly how long, but it's definitely going to be for a little bit. Uh, Lindholm's now hurt as well. So the Ducks' blue line is is super suspect right now, and we saw that in the game against Vegas, though the Ducks have played poorly against Vegas anyways. So you have your top pairing is gone, though, Lindholm and Manson right now. Hopefully Lindholm gets back in on this home stand. Like we said, a big monster a couple weeks here. The Ducks will be at Honda Center. So the, those are kind of the latest rumors we're talking about this time. And uh, we'll close out the show here, uh, Eddie. Uh, as we always do with a couple of your little tidbits uh, about the league news. Yes, we have league news to talk about. So I want to start off with uh, Dustin Bufflin. I've talked about this before. He's taking, I guess, a year off. He just 
uh, first day of training camp felt that he just wanted to take off and the team suspended him, which is not uncommon because Hiramire did the same thing, Ducks did that. Um, I was listening to Spit and Chitless podcast, which is a great podcast. So just be advised, they're really vulgar. So the fans that are more sensitive to that kind of language, it's just, just be aware of that. But they talked about when he was a rookie coming in the league, and they were asking him questions like, hey, who's Joe Sackett? Like, do you know him? He didn't know him at all. And according to Bufflin, he didn't watch hockey when he first was, you know, like coming in and he got drafted. He was, you know, an NHL player. He didn't watch hockey, but he loved it. So I think that was one of the stories I want to share. It's really funny that someone that's as good as him, which I, I don't like him because the way he plays and what he did to Barbamov years ago. But it's just kind of funny that someone of his caliber didn't really watch hockey growing up, but he was so passionate about playing it. Um, we have a trade announced, not to the Ducks, but the Red Wings actually got Brendan Perlini from the Blackhawks for exchange for defenseman Alec Rajula. So uh, Perlini, if you guys haven't been following hockey news, he's requested a trade. And the Hawks went ahead and did that. He was traded from the Coyotes to the Hawks. So I wish him the best of luck. The Blues lost Tarasenko. And that's really big. He's out for five months. He had a shoulder injury and had surgery on the shoulder. So he's recovering. It's unfortunate for a player of his caliber. Uh, I wish him the, the, a speedy recovery on that. It's always bad to see a player get hurt in, in that extent. Andre Markov and former Ducks player Devontae Smith-Patley both signed with the KHL. Uh, Markov, okay, cool. I, I hope you have cool success, but Devontae Smith-Patley, a former Ducks player, like you can't hate on him. Um, you know, good luck Smith-Patley and the KHL. Uh, I hope you have success, uh, and I'm glad with everything you, the hard work you've done for the Ducks, even, you know, that. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins forward, uh, Game Malkin apparently has been skating with the team and he's uh, he's kind of recovering from an injury but he's having some legal problems some cryptocurrency problems uh, from Russia I don't really know the extent of his issues but apparently it's you know, legal issues and some money's involved I'm not the Wolf of Wall Street I'm not Jordan Balfour I wish I were because I'd have a hot girlfriend and a bunch of money and lastly, news of Patrick Laine, his game-time decision when he plays the Ducks because apparently he took a, a nasty collision or hit from Lucas Spiza. So that kind of, uh, you can say how it is. It kind of plays in people's conspiracy theories, which I've been talking about and foreshadowing out before this whole show. But no, it's nothing like that. Um, a player his caliber, I, I hope he's okay. I, I never want to wish any problems with a player like that but I kind of wish he doesn't play because he's a really good player and I want the Ducks to kind of take out the uh, Winnipeg Jets and then my last league new or actually last two I have two more I really want to give a shout out to the Dallas Stars and their fans when Manson was hurt and had to be carried off the ice I was expecting fans to start booing and start talking crap and and, and posting stuff and tagging us, which they usually do, negative things on social media, but it was like positive and they were like clapping. 
an extent where hockey players and someone gets hurt tap their sticks and they were really supportive so i i want to give a shout out to dallas stars and their fans for being that just positive and, and helping you know not not helping but just just being class as they are yeah we had a few people being douchebags and being assholes but we ignore them because there was a ton of more dallas stars fans that were concerned about manson and, and his injury and and they were clapping that he was actually able to stand up and not being carried out in a stretcher. And I really give so much respect. Last league news. Oh, my God. This is the best league news I can give you. Timu Solani's book is coming out soon. This is going to be something that every Ducks fan wants to read. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, it's going to be released on November 5th. It, it, oh, it's Timu Solani. Uh, I don't care who you are in hockey. You know Timu Solani. I already pre-ordered my book. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read it as fast as I can because it's Timu Solani. And Mike, uh, hopefully we can get him on the show. He can dis- discuss his book a little bit more. But uh, you fans of Timu Solani, uh, I, I I would say uh, I don't know Amazon or whatever thing you use for books. Definitely. Oh yeah, of course. It, We've had Timu on the show a couple times before. Uh, including last season when <laughs> all the chaos happened with Randy Carlisle. So that's something that uh, we could try to work out as well. And, uh, yeah, some crazy situations. You know, St. Louis, like you said, losing Tarasenko, that's a big uh, loss for them for several months. The Malkin thing is kind of interesting in Pittsburgh. I have to kind of keep an eye on that. I don't understand this Bitcoin nonsense. I'm not into that stuff. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand that cryptocurrency stuff. So... Some things to keep an eye on, you know, with the former Stanley Cup champs um, and, and whatnot. So like like we've been doing every week, we've had the show um, either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Kind of the beginning of the week is when we've been doing it. Uh, we recapped, of course, the Ducks road trip. Uh, we'll, you know, have another show in the middle of this homestand and plenty to talk about. So if you enjoy the show and everything that uh, Eddie and I do and the rest of the staff, please uh, help us out. Uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks. Sign up. Uh, every dollar you, you donate does help out with the show and the website. It's not cheap to maintain everything. We did finally upgrade the podcast with better equipment. So hopefully the sound should be uh, a little bit better this season than last season. I know we had some issues. So either way, I appreciate that. I thank everybody that came out to the watch party. We'll be back in a week, and let's go Ducks.